Hi, I'm Haiga, your host for Short Story Saturdays on A Writer's Life. I'm recording on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Squamish Nation. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Short Story Saturday. Jen Ashton is an award-winning author and visual artist living in North Vancouver, B.C., Canada. She's the author of the prize-winning article, C. Emelot, in the British Columbia History magazine. Her debut novel, People Like Frank and Other Stories from the Edge of Normal, was published by Tidewater Press in 2020. Jen is currently working on numerous projects, including a book about the history of her family. Jen just completed a year as a teaching assistant at Simon Fraser University's Writer Studio. She's the writer-in-residence at British Columbia History Magazine and is studying at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Jen Ashton is a woman of Indigenous ancestry. Her great-great-great-grandmother was Siemalot, who came from the pre-contact Squamish Nation family. Jen fancies herself as an amateur historian, and on her frequent journey through the past, she tries very hard to look for truths behind the facade of exploitation. Welcome, Jen. Do you remember your first day of school? And if so, what was that like for you? I don't remember my first day of school. It was a very long time ago. Um, but I do remember my elementary school, and the bathrooms were outside the building like you had to go outside of the building and the doors to go into the bathrooms were on the outside of the building so that makes it sound really old like there were outhouses or something but that's not the case it was the 60s <laughs> but anyways um so and there used to be older girls like grade sevens or whatever and they were always hanging around the bathroom stalls and everything been grade one so I remember really having to go to the bathroom and all the girls were there and they were kind of shooing us away from the door. So I did unfortunately wet my pants. And then in school, back in class, um, I had to go up to the board and write something. And I was sure everybody could see that my dress was wet, but maybe not. Who knows back then? I don't, maybe nobody noticed. Anyways, I was mortified. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how school went for me <laughs> for the whole rest of my life. Anyways, so yeah, not a first day of school, but definitely first months of school. And the title of your short story is? Virginia. 10. Read by Jen Ashton. From the book, People Like Frank and Other Stories from the Edge of Normal. Tidewater Press, 2020. By Jen Ashton. Eccles cake! Eccles cake! Jimmy, repeating it and yelling it at me doesn't make me remember them any faster. I turned and walked away, leaving my little brother staring at me. Of course I remember the time Sylvia, our mother, had brought the cakes home as a surprise and we loved them so much, their sweet crumbliness making a huge mess everywhere while she laughed sort of hysterically. I just liked fucking with Jimmy. You bitch. 
He swatted me as he passed me in the hall, and when I jerked away from his hand, I bashed my other shoulder into the wall. Ow! I didn't even touch you, Jimmy mumbled. Shuts his bedroom door on the words. I don't know why I treat him the way I did. We're always pushing and shoving each other and name-calling. Sticks and stones is my favorite line, as Jimmy called me every name he could think of for pushing him over when he's bending down tying his shoes. Jimmy just feels like a pest, and even though I know I should be loving on him, he just gets on my very last nerve. Mr. Graves, my science teacher, would probably say it comes down in our genes. My mother is bipolar, my father has been gone since I can remember, and Jimmy's dad is in prison for life for killing his last wife. Even my grandparents are wax, and we never see them. Maybe that's why I don't know how to love Jimmy like I should all the time. Sylvia isn't home yet, so I go into the kitchen and grab a rice cake, then walk through the garage to the little room on the other side. We call it the store, and it's full of stuff, like so much stuff, you would think it was a Walmart. There are shelves lined with perfume and pencils and scotch tape and school duotings, parakeet food, even though we never had one, bags of Halloween candy that have been there for years, shoelaces in every color, so many face cloths, coffee cups, and pink erasers by the box. On the floor, there were full bags and boxes of stuff that had never even been opened, just dumped there by Sylvia upon her return from one of her many shopping sprees. Sometimes I like to go stand in there and just look around. Sometimes I take something like a book or some art paper, but mostly I just stand there and stare. It's the only place in the house where I feel like my mother is. When she's in one of her manic phases, she's kind and happy. When Mrs. Hyde takes over, it's a different story. She never comes out of her bedroom and I'm fully in charge of Jimmy. I mean, I'm in charge of him now anyway, but at least when she's manic, she brings home some food and shops a lot. But when she goes dark, we never see her and I have to check on her like I'm her mother. Is Sylvia good or bad today? I asked through the crack in her door. Sometimes there's a moan, but not usually. And if I can see the mess of blankets move up and down and I don't smell anything dead, I figure she's okay. I've smelled dead stuff and I know what it's like. You probably think I'm making this up, but I'm not. Once we had a cat, it had disappeared for days and I found it dead in the hedge beside the garage. I guess Sylvia had run it over. It didn't look like a cat anymore. It looked like it was made out of cardboard. It was still stiff when I picked it up, but some of its fur was soft, and I stroked it, and I apologized for my mother's behavior. She didn't know any better. That's how I know what dead smells like, and that's how I know if Sylvia is okay. If it doesn't smell in there, she's okay. I hate these times, actually, and sometimes I sort of wish she would just die. Then things might change, and maybe we could get into care. I've heard good things. A few of the kids in my school are in care, and word travels fast. Some of the foster families are super nice, and the parents buy you tons of stuff and new clothes to make up for your crappy other life. There's always food, and they make it for you, and because they feel sorry for you, there's hardly any chores. I've heard good things, and bad things, about being in care, but I'd risk a bad home if we had a chance at a good one. I wish that for Jimmy, too, because I know I'm not a very good mother to him. In fact, I hate being a mother. I mostly only know how to make mac and cheese from the blue box, and we eat lots of cereal or microwave stuff when Sylvia remembers to buy it, and I feel bad when I see how scrawny Jimmy is, so I buy a bunch of junk from the corner store. He especially likes sweet tarts, hearts, the kind with the sappy writing on them, 
Maybe he imagines that I'm actually saying it to him when he reads me, reads them to me. You're my best pal. I love you. Or be mine, Valentine. Anyway, it keeps him quiet and happy, even though I know it rots his teeth and he hates brushing. Sometimes I do it for him, even if I have to wrestle him to the ground, but it gets the job done. If I've been especially hard on the toothbrush, I take him to the room off the garage door and let him get a new toothbrush and anything else he wants. His favorite thing is to go through the bags and play archaeology. He always comes up with something interesting, except for the time he found a bag of used maxi pads. What's this? he asked, holding up the bag in the air. Put that down, Jimmy. They're Sylvia's personal things. Oh. He put the bag down carefully, and I made him wash his hands. He was respectful of her. He knew she was sick. Even his teacher had told him that. At school, the kids sort of leave us alone. I know we're not always clean. Sometimes Jimmy won't stay still long enough for me to wash his hair, and a lot of our clothes are too small. Once last year, my teacher gave me a pair of sneakers from the lost and found because mine were so old they were coming apart and my big toe poked out the top. The teachers are super nice to us because they know about my mother. There was this one time when I was little and before Jimmy started school, Sylvia came in her big car to pick me up and she drove right up on the school grass and through the tulip garden we'd all planted. She sat in her car honking and yelling that she'd come to pick me up. Jimmy was in the front seat not in a car seat or anything, and he was only two. Well, he wasn't exactly in the front seat. He liked to sit on the floor. She looked like a full-on maniac, and the principal, Mrs. Buchanan, ran out to see what had happened. She probably thought it was a horrible accident, but it was just Sylvia. It was one big accident all on her own. My teacher wouldn't let me get in the car, and the police came and took Sylvia to the hospital because they thought she was drunk. I heard one of the teachers whispering, and another teacher took Jimmy, and I didn't see him until the next day. He must have gone home with Mrs. Palmer, the school secretary, that time, because I saw him with her in the morning. When Sylvia came to get him, like picking up garbage from the post office, you could see she was on her way down. That day, Mrs. Buchanan drove me home, and even though I was really too little, she dropped me off in front of my house. I guess she thought there was somebody there to look after me, but there wasn't. I just let myself in with the key around my neck and grabbed a box of Pop-Tarts and watched TV until I fell asleep. I got up and went outside to wait for the school bus when I saw Jack Spicer, the weatherman from the morning news, was on. Today, going to be sunny. I repeat that to myself as I lock the door behind me. Once they knew there was something wrong at our house, my teachers seemed more interested in me and even gave me food out of their own lunches and they always asked about Jimmy and sometimes gave me a bag of stuff to take home. Usually it had like a bar of soap and sometimes a pack of socks or underwear. I didn't know how to do laundry then, but I do now. I feel pretty grown up that I figured out how to work the washer and dryer all by myself. I like laundry days actually, making the clothes all clean like today when I grab a pile of clothes from Jimmy's bedroom floor and there's the smear of blueberry jam and the big splash of chocolate milk down the front of his red and white striped t-shirt. It's a real mess, but the messier the better. I love a challenge. It's his favorite t-shirt and I know I can get it looking clean. All this stuff usually comes clean again. When Jimmy's a bit taller, I'll teach him how to do the laundry too. <laughs>